From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. What a joy it is today to be here and spend some time with an open Bible, talking to our friends out across the country and around the world via these radio stations. And where you hear me today, we're here five days a week at this time, and I'm very, very grateful for that privilege, and I thank you for joining us today. I hope you'll do so as often as you possibly can. I want to get back to our Proverbs chapter 3 study that I started on Friday because yesterday we took a little brief interlude for some patriotic thoughts on the celebration of America's birthday, but today we're going to get back to Proverbs chapter 3, and let me remind you now that we're getting very, very close to the National Sword of the Lord Conference in Walkertown, North Carolina. They're in the suburbs of Winston-Salem, and that's coming July 18 through 21, and we do hope you'll plan to be with us. Just walk in and find a seat. Every seat is a free seat. There are no registration fees. You're welcome to come. Bring your family, bring your church family, and we're going to have a super great National Sword of the Lord Conference. I'm telling you, if you like preaching, solid Bible preaching, if you like good, solid, traditional church music, and if you like great Christian fellowship, you're going to enjoy the National Conference. Plus, we have instructive things as well that'll be helpful to you as a Christian and to your church as well. So make your plans. Be with us July 18 through 21. Now, we're going to go back to our text here in Proverbs chapter 3 and read again verses 5 and 6 that say, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. That passage is very, very famous. Uh, Christians all over the world have it underlined in their Bible, have it memorized, and really use it as a guidepost, and rightly so. What I started on Friday to tell you was, and we'll continue here for a day or two till we get this done, there are a number of things in the context of that in chapter 3, negative statements, things that it tells us not to do, and we're going to look at every one of those, and then there are positive things that it tells us to do, and with the Lord being our helper, we're going to look at every one of those as well. Now, on Friday, we looked at four of those, verse 1, verse 3, verse 5, and verse 7. We come today to verse number 11, which says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. That is another negative statement. Whenever someone is being dealt with, they are being punished, or they are being disciplined in some way, very often there is a reaction to that. Now, when you give discipline to a child— you want them to respond correctly. And the Lord wants his children to respond correctly as well. Too often, instead of a response, there's a reaction. And what this passage is suggesting is that whenever we have the chastening of the Lord, that is, whenever he disciplines us, we should not react to that. The passage goes on to say, Neither be weary of his correction, for whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. So it is an indication of the love of God for us when he doesn't let us get away with foolish things. Whenever we are doing wrong and the father corrects us, we ought to respond by saying, yes, sir. 
we ought to respond by saying, I get it. I will do as I'm supposed to do. And this passage lays out very clearly that the Lord will, in fact, deal with us when we need that to happen. And at the same time, he says, and don't be weary of it. Whenever you don't get the message that you need to get, or you don't cover it as well as you ought to, and you keep going down the wrong trail, and you keep getting corrected, he says, don't be weary of that. Just understand, a father never gives up. A father never quits. A father is going to go down the line, do everything possible. Why is that? Because he loves his child. And the Heavenly Father loves us far more than we can imagine. And whenever we are not doing as we ought to do, He is going to stick with us. And the instruction here is, don't be weary of that. Let the Lord do what the Lord will do and respond correctly to it. It is important that we do that. Remember what we're talking about, trusting in the Lord with all of our heart, not leaning to our own understanding, but acknowledging Him in all of our ways and letting Him direct our paths. That means taking His tutoring, taking His discipline, taking His instruction, taking the correction that He gives, and turning around in response to that. If you drop down to verse 15, we have a paragraph here that talks about wisdom. And right in the midst of that paragraph, it says, "...and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her." Now, we're talking about wisdom in feminine terms here, and it says, Happy is the man that finds wisdom, verse 13, and the man that getteth understanding. The merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies. In fact, verse 16 says, Length of days is in her right hand, and her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. We're talking about wisdom here. And he simply says to us that everything that you have of value, whatever it is, you know, you look around you, if you own a house, you probably would look at that and say, well, I'm pretty tickled about that. If you've got a nice car, I think you're probably happy about that. If you've got money in the bank, you're probably happy to have money in the bank. So all of that is good. None of that is evil unless you use it in an evil way. But what he tells us here, to have the wisdom that God gives to have the wisdom of God in your mind, in your heart, in your life, is of greater value than all of these other things. It's not to suggest that the other things are not valuable. They are. But he is saying to us, put a premium on getting the wisdom of God. Now, I wonder why this is. Well, you know, if we have the wisdom of God, then we don't do the foolishness of the world. We don't buy in to the fool's snare that the devil lays for us because the wisdom of God will steer us correctly and we will, in fact, be on a good, solid path because of that. And he says, the man that finds wisdom is a happy man. He knows who he is, what he's about. He has understanding. He's not puzzled by the great issues. He has a fix on them like they need to be fixed. And so he says, there's nothing greater than wisdom, nothing to be compared with wisdom. If you get wisdom, you have a valuable commodity that is greater than all of these other things that you might possess. Now, drop down to verse 21. He says, my son, let not them depart from thine eyes. He's talking about knowledge. He's talking about understanding. He's talking about wisdom. And he's saying, don't let it out of your sight. 
but keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall thy life be unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. So here, in the last two of these paragraphs we've looked at, there are promises that go with laying hold on these things or in not letting things get into your life that don't need to be there. And so he's just saying, you're going to do well and just don't let knowledge and wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Keep it within view at all times. You know, sometimes people go to church on Sunday. They get to hear the good things that they need to hear, and they're all excited about it. They're happy about it. They pay attention to it. They may even hold on to it uh, past the Sunday night service and into Monday, and yet somewhere along the way, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, somewhere, they've kind of forgotten about it. It's slipped away from them. It's no longer in their foreview. And what he's saying is here, don't let it out of your sight. Just because you're not at church or just because you're not in the presence of some other strong Christian who will help to steer you as you need to go, don't let it out of your sight. Keep knowledge, God's truth he's talking about, and keep wisdom, the kind you get from God, and keep understanding Keep all of that, the discretion that he talks about here. Hold on to that, dear friend. You will be glad that you don't let it out of your sight. And he admonishes us to not let it go. Don't let it get away from us. Now, one more here. Let's look at verse number 24, where he says, When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Now, what he's talking about here is sometimes whenever people are not thinking as they ought to think and not living as they ought to live, they will lie down at night and they can't sleep because they've got all of this turmoil going on inside of them. They've got all this turbulence going on in their life and they just can't sleep. Now, I know insomnia is something that can happen to anybody, and you can sometimes uh, not be able to sleep for a variety of reasons that are physical reasons or whatever else might keep you from sleeping at night. But what he's talking about here is that when you lie down at night and you have unfinished business, you have things that you don't have in place, you have the things of God at a distance, and you're not pulling them in close, and you're not letting God walk with you, and you're not claiming the promises of God, you're not living in faith, but instead you're living in doubt. When all of that's going on in your life, and you can't sleep because of that, he's just letting us know, he's giving us warning, that we're going to have fear. We're going to be just anxious about things, and the Bible tells us again and again, not to worry, not to fear, not to be anxious, and when we listen to the Lord like we should listen to him, then we get ourselves in position where we can put our head on the pillow at night, we might have a physical issue that keeps us awake, but we're not going to have a spiritual issue that keeps us awake. We're not going to have an eternal issue that keeps us awake. Instead, we're going to be able to close our eyes and put ourselves to rest and just relax in the goodness of God and know that he's going to stick with us and stand with us every step of the way. So we've looked here again now at four of these negative type statements. This last one just saying, don't be afraid. When you lie down, don't be afraid. Don't let fear envelop you. And why is that? Well, back to the text. We're going to trust the Lord with all of our heart. 
we're going to know that every promise of God is true and all that he has promised to us, his presence, his power, all of that is available to us, and we're going to lean on that. We're going to love that. We're going to walk with him every step of the way and just simply trust him. And then instead of leaning on our ability, leaning on our knowledge, leaning on what we're capable of doing, we're just not going to lean there at all. But the verse says, in all thy ways acknowledge him. That means when you're at church on Sunday, that means when you're at school on Monday or at work on Tuesday or with your family on Wednesday, whatever the case, it means that you're going to every step of the way walk with the Lord. Whether people are looking or not, you're going to walk with the Lord. Whether it's in the light of the day or the dark of the night, you're going to walk with the Lord, acknowledge Him, give Him place, give Him priority, give Him the full orb of attention and the full obedience that he deserves. And if you do that, I'm telling you, the Bible says he shall direct thy paths. He's going to give you the guidance that you need. So much precious stuff here, and we've got some more of it to go, so come tomorrow, we'll spend some time. We've already looked at four of these. We'll look at four more tomorrow, just like we looked at four today. And I think you'll find each of these statements are things that'll help you in your Christian walk. They'll help you to grow. They'll help you to stay true, stay solid, keep walking with the Lord, and not give up the first time that you have disappointment or the first time that you have some hurt come to you. These are great days to serve the Lord, folks. Let's do it today and right on through the week, the month, and the year. God bless you for being along today. I love to hear from you, so I trust you'll write me a note and let me know that you hear the broadcast. And if I can answer a question or whatever, I'm always pleased when you write. So address your note to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. And do check us out at our website, swordofthelord.com. Lots of good things there for you. Well, we'll be back here again tomorrow, Lord willing. So plan to join us then. Until that time, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and goodbye for now. Mm -hmm.